All right, guys. I've got a lot of fun stuff to talk with you about, like I always do. I want you guys to wonder and ask yourselves often, how am I doing? Let's talk about spiritual, emotional, and physical wellness self-check-ins. Don't we all need to check every once in a while and see what we need to work on? What issues are we dealing with that maybe we should put some focus and intention into rather than just letting them go by the wayside? When we talk about our emotions, our physical body, and our spiritual well-being, what we need to understand is those are the same three things. Our emotions, our physical well-being, and our spiritual well-being are massively tied together. You know that they are because if your emotions weren't physical, water wouldn't come out of your eyes when you're sad. The fact that water comes out of your eyes when you're sad or when you're nervous, you get a feeling in your stomach, those tell us that our emotions are not simply imaginary things that we experience. These are legitimate physical things that take over us and affect us. We can be aware of how our emotions are doing in some ways by how our body feels. And we can be aware some ways of how our spirit is doing also by how our body feels. Also, our emotions and our spirit are heavily connected. And if you have a lot of weeds in your emotions, if you have a lot of things that you're holding on to that you've never dealt with, you're going to have physical effects of that and you're going to have spiritual effects of that. We think a lot about keeping our physical bodies well. There's a lot of people who every January make promises to themselves that they are going to take better care of their physical body. They make the resolution that this year they're going to make it to the gym as often as they say for so long. There's a smaller number of people who make the New Year's resolution to begin meditating, which would affect their emotional and spiritual well-being but we don't think as much about that. And there are some people every new new years who make the resolution to pray more and or to improve their relationship with the power that they call God. What I want to impress on you is how connected these things are. We've talked before about how you can read faces. It's actually kind of fun. Because when you were a kid and you made a face and your parents said, hey, don't keep that face like that or your face might actually stay that way, they weren't entirely wrong. As you make facial expressions throughout the course of your life, those facial expressions cause wrinkles and movement in your skin that over time, over years and years of making those same facial expressions, that's where your wrinkles come from. So you can look at someone's wrinkles 
and evaluate what emotions they have experienced in a large portion throughout their life. For example, someone who is a skeptic has probably raised their eyebrow a lot. Someone who's very skeptical is going to have a half moon or like a C line directly over that eyebrow. Don't try to lie to those people. Another kind of person that you don't want to lie to is if they have what almost looks like little gills in front of their ear. These little lines, maybe slightly curved, these are BS detectors. And if you are talking to someone who has strong ones, don't try to lie to them. In fact, that can tell you about them because that's a person who highly values honesty and that's someone who you want to be intentionally honest with because they will recognize that and they will value that about you. So as you learn to see what emotions someone has made throughout their lives and thus what lines it has left on their faces, you can learn a lot about that person. Let me give you another two that are really helpful. If somebody has two lines right above the center of their eyebrows, above their nose, we call those the 11s, that is someone who is impatient. That's someone who has scowled in impatience many times. Another one is if there's just one straight line going right up and down, we call that the hanging needle. And that is the person, you can give them a task. You can say, here's where we're starting, that's where we're finishing, and they'll get there. They don't necessarily need a roadmap. All they need is the resources to do it, and they will get it done. So if you are looking for a team leader or someone to really complete projects and you're interviewing, look for someone with that one single vertical line in between their eyebrows. The deeper it is and the longer it is, the more serious they are about getting stuff done. You can even tell when someone has a smaller, what seems like a newer wrinkle there. That is someone who has only taken on that role of getting stuff done more recently in their lives. So that's someone who has grown as a person even after they became an adult, and that's pretty valuable. So our emotions literally leave marks on our faces. There's even some studies that show that, for one thing, if someone gets Botox, it's very difficult to read the lines on their faces because they've gone out of their way to erase those lines. And some people who have had Botox claim that in the first little while after they get the Botox, they can't make the same expressions. Their face is stiff. And because they can't make those expressions, they can't fully feel those emotions. They feel that their emotions become limited as their ability to make the facial expressions becomes limited. So consider that when you're thinking about getting Botox. So if our emotions have that much effect on our physical face, do you think that the emotions that you've had throughout your life are not affecting you physically from the neck down? Are you with me here? And because our spirituality and our emotions are so tied together, much of our purpose of this life on this planet, should you accept it, is to figure out why you're here on this planet. Each of us, I believe, and again, guys, remember what I always say, I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm just trying to get you to think for yourselves. So when I say something, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to automatically say, Della said it, it must be true. 
What I want you to do is listen to the things that I say and find out what resonates. What makes you more curious? What gives you that warm feeling? What feels right? So if you believe, as I do, that every one of us came to earth with the intention of accomplishing certain specific things, also with the intention of experiencing this earth, this body, this life, even your personality, experiencing this life on earth as you. Do you understand how important that is? You yourself are so unique and so special. You have the personality that you have because you chose it because that was the best personality to help you accomplish the things that you need to do. And part of your purpose in life is experiencing life on earth through the virtual reality suit that you walk around in and you call your body as you. No one else can see through your eyes. No one else can experience what you're experiencing. No one else can feel what you feel. No one else can heal how you heal. You yourself specifically have a special personality, a special place, and a special purpose. And part of your purpose on this earth is to figure out what that purpose is. The only way to do that is to connect to your spirit. We are, here's the trick, here's the hack. We are always connected to our spirit. We just don't always acknowledge it. We don't always let it in on our side. There's a picture that I grew up seeing very often. That's a picture of Jesus on the outside of a door. And he's knocking on the door, but the door has no handle. The point is, you're on the inside, and you have to open the door. Now, whether you are Christian and follow Jesus or something else, the idea is the same. He's right there. The guidance that you're looking for is literally right there. You have access to it always. All you have to do is first acknowledge that you have access to it, and allow yourself to have access to it. And that is way easier said than done. But here's another thing. The more busy you get doing good things, living your life and doing things that feel good, doing things that make you happy, that's how you step to the side and let your spirit in without really paying attention. It's kind of like when I'm driving down the street in my truck and I've got my dog who's behind me I'll forget that he's there. I'm just driving down the street having a good time and my dog in the back seat will lean his head forward and put it on my shoulder and remind me, hey, just so you know, I'm here. When you are just having a good time driving down the street, you will find your spirit guidance will just sneak in from the back seat and sit on your shoulder. The point of that is to live your life as much as you can doing things that make you happy, doing things that you enjoy. And when you're doing those things, your heart opens up and your spirit comes through. When you are living in fear, when you're living in pain, when you're actively living out your pain body, which Eckhart Tolle talks about as all of the emotions that we've ever experienced that we didn't process, so we're still holding on to. When you're focused on those things, your spirit can't come through. It's too difficult. And you're not listening. So it's always there. But when you're in those emotional states, heavy, strong emotional states, you cannot let your spirit in, which means you're not getting the guidance. You're not getting the intuition. 
probably you're getting more than you realize that you are, but you're not getting the maximum amount that would help you fulfill your purpose more fully and better. Our emotions, as we said, heavily affect our physical body. I mentioned for a minute the pain body that Eckhart Tolle talks about. Now, do you have something, a situation, maybe from your childhood, maybe from this morning, that if you think about it, you'll get upset? Maybe your spouse said something to you that hurt your feelings. Maybe somebody on the way to work flipped you off. Maybe your cousin was mean to you when you were five years old. If you think about that situation and it still makes you upset, that means you haven't processed it. So in order to move past that, you need to be able to address that situation from an emotional level until you can process it, heal from it. And by the way, the only way we heal is with love and be able to move past it. As long as you are holding on to that pain, it's very difficult or more difficult for your spirit to sneak in. The bigger your pain body is, the more unresolved emotions that you are carrying around with you, the harder it is to connect to your spirit. Not that it's not there, but those emotions and that pain creates a wall, creates a barrier for you that makes it very difficult to let your spirit in. Not only does having a pain body prevent you from fully interacting with your spirit, but as we talked about, those emotions that you carry over long periods of time have a physical effect on your body. This is actually one way that your spirit speaks to you. Julia Cannon wrote a book called Soul Speak that talks about how you can recognize maybe what emotion you need to process or what issue you need to deal with by where the pain is in your body. For example, if you have pain in your hands, and guys, this is the biggest one, not the hand pain, but letting go. If you have pain in your hands, there's something you need to let go of. What that means is you need to go back and figure out what emotion you're experiencing that you've been holding on to for such a long time that it has literally caused your hands to hurt. If you can go back to that, if you can love that and heal that, literally you can relieve yourself of the pain. When our body gives us a signal, we can usually just through logical things figure out what it is that it's trying to tell us, perhaps. For example, I used to have severe knee pain. I was in my early 30s and my left knee started hurting out of nowhere and I couldn't figure it out. Turned out I was at a point in my life where it was time for me to move forward. Those are our locomotors, right? Knees, hips, feet. These are the parts of our body that move us forward. And when they start to ache, it's a sign that they want to be moving forward and we're not letting them. Another time I had hip pain and it was the same thing. I had areas where I need, needed to move forward. My point still is that your emotions, your physical body, and your spiritual body are the same. They're readily 
connected. This is why being sad can literally hurt. So you can do check-ins with yourself. You might want to do this at a calm moment when you don't have anything else to worry about, but if you can find one of those, you might not need this anyway. Find, if you can, a calm moment. Listen to yourself. Talk to your body. Talk to your spirit and say, I'm here. I want to do better. Tell me what I need to work on. I guarantee something will come to your mind. Now, you may not even need that moment. You may just have your emotions triggered. There are two basic times that your emotions are going to get triggered. One is if you are expecting something and get a different outcome. This is why Buddha says that attachment is the source of grief. Because if you're expecting one thing and it's not what you get, you tend to be upset about that. Sometimes what you get could be very harmful or painful instead and make it even worse. That is one thing that triggers emotion. The next thing that triggers emotion is a reminder of the first thing that triggered that emotion. For example, soldiers with PTSD, they were expecting to walk across a field and get to the other side safe. Instead, they had perhaps an IED come at them. Very scary. They expected one thing, they got a different thing, and they got it in such a way that it was actually traumatic. Therefore, when those soldiers come home and yet hear similar sounds, that fear, that pain is going to re-trigger. you are also going to notice when your pain triggers, when you become upset about something. This is a sign for you. This is your emotion saying, hey, this is something that you probably haven't worked through and you need to. Anytime you get upset, anytime something bugs you, whether it bugs you a little bit or it bugs you a lot, here's a clue. Those things wouldn't bug you if it didn't show you a reflection of yourself. I have a friend that sometimes when I hang out with her, it really annoys me how much she cuts me off to tell her story over mine. And when I realized how much that bugged me, I had to stop and think and realize I like to talk and sometimes I interrupt people and I cut my story over theirs. And recognizing from my friend that something she did bothered me actually gave me insight into my own reflection to realize what it was about me that was causing me to have that reaction to her. This is your cue. When you think about something or something happens and you get upset, figure out, was this the first type where something happened right now and it wasn't what I expected and so I'm upset? Or is this a carryover from that happening? Is this a reminder of another time? Is this a reminder of you? Is this your soul telling you, hey, you need to look in the mirror right now because the thing that bugs you so much about that person actually bugs you about you. If it didn't bug you about you, you wouldn't even see it in them and it certainly wouldn't bother you. These are your cues. These are your checks. These are your helps 
When something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Listen to your instinct. Listen to your spirit that's telling you, I don't want to be here. This doesn't feel good. And that could be the corner that you're walking on, or that could be the state you live in, or that could be the relationships you're in. Pay attention to your own emotional cues. Your own emotional cues will tell you a whole lot about what is hurting you. Eckhart Tolle talked about the pain body. It's part of the ego. And here's the thing about the pain body. Like I said, the pain body is the accumulation of all of the pain and hurt that you have ever experienced and not processed out, not been able to heal, either at the time it happened or later. So the bigger your pain body, the more things you have that are going to trigger you, the more things you have that are hurtful to you, and every time one of those gets triggered, your pain body lashes out. Your pain body literally pushes your personality aside. That's why you do things when you're really, really mad that you wouldn't do otherwise. That's not you. That's your pain speaking. That's your pain yelling. That's not you. Your heart knows better than that. But your pain is hurting. And hurt wants to hurt. Hurt people hurt people. When your pain body lashes out, be aware of it. Realize what's happening. What triggered that? What caused you to become so upset? And how can you love yourself and love the other people in your life in such a manner to heal that pain? Your goal when you're doing these emotional, physical, and spiritual checks is to build more and more and more towards unconditional love. So you're going to ask yourself, how am I doing? How's my pain? Where's my pain body at? What things do I need to process through? And how close am I? What, what, almost not fair to ask how close you are because it's, it's not a journey of distance. But ask yourself, where am I at on my journey to be perfectly, unconditionally loving? Because if you're a Christian and you follow Christ, then you want to be like him. And to be Christ-like is to be, have unconditional love, to be loving to all you come in contact with, whether you like the way they live, whether you like their clothing, whether you like or dislike anything about them. That's not the point. Do you know you can dislike somebody? And still love them. The goal, however, is to get to that unconditional love. To get to the point where you can look at anyone and have unconditional love for them. Part of this journey is being able to look in the mirror and learning to have unconditional love for the person that you see in the mirror. Because it's really, really, really difficult to give more unconditional love to someone else than you have for yourself. You cannot give away what you do not have. You have to have some love for yourself in order to give it away and truly have it abound the way that you wish your love would abound.
you might notice where you're at on the unconditional love trail by paying attention to the judgments, the automatic judgments that you make when you see a person and you automatically think, ooh, why are they wearing that? That's your automatic trained judgment. Push that aside, realize that that's a trained thing, and remind yourself to look for something greater. Find something in that person to love. Maybe you can love their courage to wear that thing. But that is what unconditional love is. And the more you can do that, the more you can love those around you rather than looking down on them or judging them, the closer you are getting to unconditional love. Every time you catch yourself making a judgment, try to turn it around and turn it into a loving sensation for that person instead. I promise if you do that, you will see more and more and more love around you as you go. Because love is everywhere. Love is what makes up the world. And if you're looking for it, you cannot help but find it. Again, guys, this is Della.